Hi, I'm Mark Reed. Follow me as I attempt to put my new book, Impact Culture, into practice and discuss it with others taking a similar journey. You'll get tips that will help you achieve more impact from your research and stay healthy, no matter how busy you are. Rediscover your purpose. Lead from behind to empower those around you. Transform your work culture. Welcome to Season 4 of the Fast Track Impact Podcast. So this week I am privileged to have Dr. Jed Hall from University of Leeds on the podcast with me. Looking forward very much to this interview. Uh, Jed is uh, an academic development consultant in charge of uh, impact for University of Leeds, working with a large team of people there. Uh, I'm a visiting professor at Leeds, uh, worked with uh, Jed when I was a lecturer, senior lecturer there, uh, and have done ever since, come back regularly. Uh, Jed has uh, been a, a great support throughout the years. Um, I have trialled courses um, uh, in Leeds with Jed, gotten feedback, uh, gotten feedback on all of my books. Uh, today from Jed uh, as well, um, helping kind of ground what I'm doing in reality. Uh, and, uh, and I've had some really fascinating conversations with uh, with Jed as I've been both training with and developing my impact culture material. And in particular, Jed has uh, pushed back on some of my kind of more bottom-up ideas as, well, Mark, yeah, great. But actually, how do you make this stuff happen in reality at the scale of an entire university? And of course, that is a scale that Jed is working at. That's where his head has been in parallel uh, with me. And some of these conversations that I've had with Jed really influenced my own thinking, uh, really gave me that that challenge to say, uh, could this actually work for Jed or for someone like Jed? Uh, and I'll let you decide, uh, Jed, uh, whether or not the stuff that you've read in my book actually does work at your scale. Uh, but the, the focus of today's uh, interview is going to be on some of the work that Jed has been pursuing at University of Leeds. Uh, and in particular, uh, something called their Building Impact Momentum Program, uh, a grassroots strategy from the bottom up that is embedded within a bigger uh, strategic change program, uh, which is about uh, trying to manage the university's impact portfolio. Now, uh, if you want to uh, delve into this in much more depth, you have the opportunity to join me and Jed in the next of our uh, impact discussion groups. Uh, so we've got a training stroke discussion session coming up on the 25th of April at 10 o'clock in the morning, UK time. We'll put the link in the show notes to that. Uh, and I'm going to be doing a whole load of other stuff around what we can do to build impact potential, impact capacity at institutional scales, drawing on stuff from my book, uh, and then segueing into this case study and giving you a chance to interrogate Jed yourself. But for now, it's up to me to do that. So uh, Jed, did you want to say anything else by way of uh, introduction? Um, and as part of that, maybe give us a bit of context. Uh, why did you think it was so important to build this program? What was the challenge you were trying to address? Uh, yeah, thanks, Mark. Good Good morning, and and thanks for kicking off my imposter syndrome with such a lovely introduction. So um, I hope I I deliver on uh, on everything that you've you've set out for here. Um, so in terms of the context for for where we are at the moment, um, 
a few years ago, before before the pandemic, the university kind of realised that its culture around impact was very ref-driven. Um, you know, essentially, um, case study authors might be supported with workload, all of those, uh, all of those nice things. Um, they might be supported with with resource as well to kind of enable evaluation and all those sorts of things. But everybody else was kind of doing it either with the funding that they'd been able to secure in their grants or or just in their uh, in their spare time uh, and that the university decided just wasn't good enough from an institutional perspective um um and i'd like to thank nick plant for kind of being the the instigator of that he's now our dvc for research uh, and innovation um so we did a kind of consultation um, with the community in across the university to to kind of go, what are the issues here? What what's what's going on? What do we need to do differently as a as an institution? And some of the things that kind of came out was there were lots of there was lots of support for impact, but it was kind of it had kind of grown organically uh, across the university, and it wasn't really well connected. You know, there were there were relationships across that across that network because we are impact professionals so we we know it's based on relationships but you know it wasn't uh, it wasn't really tight across all those hundred or so people that uh, that are now in that community so that's one thing we needed to change to to grow that connectivity the researchers so when we talked to them they um they gave us two kind of what felt like kind of mixed messages at the time. One, there's no support, and one, there's really valued support when it's used. So it's kind of like, we need to do something about that. We need to kind of make sure that the researchers understand where the support is, because when they access it, um, it's, it's, uh, it's viewed really positively. And as I said, Ref dominated the planning at all levels, you know, from the from the institution right down to right down to schools and right down to individual uh, research groups. Can we get an impact case study out of this? You know, was the uh, was the language that was going on? So that that was kind of the context uh, in terms of moving forward to build our uh, impact strategy, uh, which were called engaged for impact. So very much focusing on that kind of early stage stuff. Um, and Alexa Ruppertsberg, my colleague that uh, head of public engagement, um, came up with that title to kind of focus us in on the, you know, it's the inputs to the thing that we need to manage, um, and hopefully the the outcomes, the impacts will uh, will emerge as a result of that. Um, so that's kind of the context for it. Yeah, I think that um, whether you're listening from a UK context, uh, this uh, research excellence framework or, or REF, as, um, as Jed is describing it, um, or any other research intensive country that increasingly has its own way of measuring um, uh, measuring impact, uh, or whether this is just your funders um, and, uh, and the extent to which uh, funders increasingly now all over the world uh, expect and demand impact. Uh, the, I think many of us have these external drivers that uh, ultimately, when we look at the structures, and also just the language, as Jada said, um, around impact, that actually that's what's shaping what's going on. And when that is the case, 
then uh, partly you might have this this issue of just an incoherence, uh, different people interpreting this in different ways in different parts of the university. But uh, more 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 problematically, uh, this this can become a very instrumental uh, culture. It's about delivering for our funders, about getting that impact case study, and we begin to lose the the sight of the humanity here. Uh, and so, so from knowing your work, Jed, uh, that humanity, that relational approach has always been at the heart of, of your interactions um, with, with academics around impact. Uh, why did you call this programme Building Momentum? And tell us a bit more about what this, what this is about. Yeah, so so Building Impact Momentum, I, I mean, actually, um, what I can acknowledge as a, as a weakness is coming up with really... Um, interesting titles for things i tend to be a bit ron seal so uh, for those of you outside of the uk um if you come up with ron seal it's uh, a ron seal title it's exactly what's on the tin so the title that goes on the tin is exactly what is within the tin so if you're building um uh, if you are doing an impact session you kind of go look at all the things that are in that impact session and then get a really stupidly long title that just essentially shortcuts all the learning outcomes that you're hoping for from that uh, from that session um so i spent quite a, a little time kind of debating it with a with a really good friend and colleague of mine helen morley and and helen kind of came up with well you know we we've got to be okay with you we've got to be um we've got to follow your ron seal approach and and what is it that we're hoping the the program will deliver and actually for the for the participants, we hope that it does open up space, open up a discussion, open up support to enable impact to be more of a priority. I'm not going to say the most, you know, the most important thing in that person's multiple identities as an academic, but opens up that space and therefore allows more time to be devoted to it. And hopefully that time translates into, you know, actions that and therefore the actions generate a sense of momentum so that's why it's called building impact momentum it's about that's the aim for the whole program fantastic so, so ron seal is a brand of paint um in case anyone that so a free advert for ron seal their catchphrase is does exactly what it says on the tin uh, um, uh, so uh, so it does what it says on the tin it's it's building momentum uh, so the next question is is how what's what's the process how does it work so um, the the program is actually um, lasts approximately three months. So it roughly ties in with a kind of you know the the historic standard term for a um, for a university uh, year. Um, so we do we do recruitment. We open it for for uh, a month just to recruit people. Um, from that recruitment, we then. Um, put people into groups. Um, so we we played around with um, with pairs uh, and then there's kind of a, uh, there's a, there's a risk there if somebody can't make one of the sessions that you, uh, that you end up with a, with somebody not being able to talk to some, to their, to their friend and colleague. Okay, so, so we, we use three people. Yeah. yeah. Great. Yeah. So we use threes now. Um, yeah. So what we do with, with the decisions about threes is that we ignore the easy ways of doing it, like career stage, like um, what discipline they're from. So we really ask 
uh, in the recruitment for them to tell us what do you hope your impact might be? You know, just hope. You know, what is it? Not what is it really? What have you actually done? Just what are your hopes? What are your hopes? Who do you hope to engage with? So we look at that text and go, what are the sensible ways of creating these threes? Um, and we debate that backwards and forwards. Um, we're nearly always uh, 50% oversubscribed for every every program. Um, so we're able to, we are able to do that. It's not kind of like we just have the, the 15 people. We only take 15 people onto the program to give them a really, um, I guess, rich experience as, as well. Um, you know, we do get some feedback from, uh, there was one academic who went, how come you're only getting 15 people and I've got 300 people in a lecture theatre? And kind of, well, we're not doing lectures, um, you know, so that's a, that's a big, uh, that's a big change in terms of the nature of the, of the learning process. Um, um, to wonder, Jed, in those uh, those statements about people's hopes, um, to, what, to what extent, as you're discussing these, do, do people's values kind of come into this, um, whether implicitly or if they've written explicitly about this, um, or is it more kind of outcome driven? Um, I want to do public engagement versus engage with a particular time kind of of industry. So at the start of BIM, we really get them to focus in on not the activity, but the, but the goal. You know, what is the change that you, you personally want to see? You know, so we don't, you know, we, we, we don't put any influence over those. You know, it's just, here's a question, you respond to it. This is your response. You own that. Um, we have... When we take people onto the program before the program starts, we have one to ones with every uh, every participant, really to kind of get deep into what are their hopes, what are their hopes both in an impact sense, and what are their hopes and fears of the program, so that we can adjust. Um, we also use that session, that one-to-one session to kind of get a sense of where are they on the, you know, I'm going to say journey. I can't think of another one that doesn't sound like a, um, like a TV program. Um, but where are they on that journey from hope uh, to achievement? Um, and what kind of, what kind of reading or anything like that, you know, have they read your book? Have they read literature that, that might have underpinned it? Have they read anybody else's writing around impact to get a sense of um, the material that we might use? So we have a curriculum and we have a kind of, you know, if, if everybody comes in at, at a, at a kind of early stage in that journey, then that the curriculum is, is set for that if people are higher up we can kind of go right we can drop that out we can add something more complex in um we can do more peer-to-peer things like things like that so so we can adjust as time goes by when we get it so there's work for each individual um between that uh, one-to-one and the first webinar and then there's work between each of the webinars they are done through a Microsoft team um, so each each uh, threesome <laughs> I keep getting told off for using that word <laughs> sorry people have been telling me to use triad so I'll use triad from now on each triad um, has a private channel in the in the Microsoft team 
um, that all the tutors can access, but just those three participants. And they can use that for their, you know, their thinking in terms of, um, you know, just having debates between webinars with their peers, you know, peers who have been put together because they have a shared uh, either impact goal or stakeholder. Brilliant. Um, so, so I really love how tailored this is. Um, uh, what do you do when you've got a triad that has people of very, very different levels of experience at very different places in that journey? Um, and to what extent do you tailor the webinars? Um, so if you've got some uh, quite a, uh, an experienced group on, on average, but a couple of newbies to impact, do you then kind of skip over the first stuff? How, to what extent can you tailor this, given that it's always going to be quite a mixed group? Well, interestingly, probably most of the content is real content, you know, kind of you need to learn this or understand this or have a look at this. Most of that content stuff is in the is in the individual work. Right. So that's right. where we can really tailor. We can say, look, Mark, you, you've written books on impact, so you don't need to read your paper on impact because you wrote it. <laughs> you know, now where can we push you? um to really do you know so thinking from your perspective if i was if you'd come on uh, decided to come on the program i'd be kind of sat down with you in that one-to-one -one and going where can we push you where's the thing that you think you you need to work on over this three-month period and you have the permission and the support to yeah. work on that yeah um now i think the interesting thing about when you know if you were in a a triad with two people who were very early in comparison to the to thinking about impact from their research i think the thing that we'd be saying to them to prevent the kind of imposter syndrome happening to them is your academic superpower is asking great questions so ask mark great questions you know he will appreciate that and and I know you personally, so I know you would appreciate that. <laughs> um, and and that's that's the purpose of peer to peer, you know, is to have those great questions going across without any, but you know, without the sort of, am I being judged by the tutor? Am I being judged by my head of school? Am I being judged by my director of uh, of research or director of impact? If if a school has has one of those, you know, must am I am I being assessed um, and it's not you know in, in those peer-to-peer -peer conversations we say we're there if you want us to come in but we only come in at your request so it's it's the permission to come in um, again that, that is important so so I think that's where we we manage to tailor when it's you know when there's issues of of, um, of different levels in the triads um, Interestingly, the program that's running at the moment, you know, um, there's a there's a colleague, um, there's one colleague who's done a lot of work in the um, overseas development space um, with his research, uh, and that's that's the area he's looking to to do um, to to expand his his effect, his his uh, his uh, you know. His, where he can grow and and so that there's a similarity with in terms of that sense you know so that group has been put together now the interesting thing for me is that although when you look at it 
he's the most experienced. He's the one that's gone, oh, Winnie asked me an absolutely brilliant question and she came up with, she helped me come up with the answer. Brilliant. That brilliant question. Um, so I think there's, I think there's just, let's, let's take all those views of where we are in career or where we are in terms of impact journey or, you know, whether we're, um, whether a researcher or whether a member of professional staff, we can all ask questions, um, some that are good and some that are not so good. We throw the not so good ones away um, and we keep learning from the from the really good questions. Great. So I'm getting a sense now of, of the, the, the level of peer support that, that happens in this. And this makes us quite a different program to your average training course, um, heavily tailored. Uh, give give us a sense of 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 kind of where this goes. So uh, we're coming towards the end of the three month period now. Um, what are some of the the outcomes that that you're seeing from this, and how do they differ from uh, just putting someone through a standard uh, training course, um, like the kind of thing that I would do with them, for example? Well, the most re- the most regular kind of message that keeps coming through from the evaluation of each program. Uh, people are just absolutely valuing that permission, mm. that permission to talk about impact, that permission to explore impact, that permission to get it wrong as well, um, that permission to to um, to go and talk to stakeholders. You know, we have a gap in the program. So webinar one, webinar two are close together. Then there's a gap where you can test you're thinking out with stakeholders and we encourage that. Um, and we ask questions about, you know, what were the, what were the barriers? What were the enablers? You know, what could we do differently if we had that six week period again? Um, so we, we reflect on all of the stages of the process. Um, so it's, it's that permission. The fact that the permission has been, you know, I'm sure none of these people have gone to the head of school and say, can I do this program? Um, you know, they've just gone, yeah, I want to do this program. So uh, I'm only, you know, I'm not giving them permission. It's just, here's a program. You can choose to to do it or not. Um, but the time gets put into their diary and they think about, they think about the individual work. How much time am I going to devote to that in my diary around the sessions? So they can make those choices as well. So the permission to do it and then the support both peer and tutors so we coming back to that question uh, that that thing in the consultation where i said the impact community the support community the professional support community was not as connected as it needs to be we're using the impact community to deliver the program so we ask for volunteers each program when it comes around and um, we're doing three at a time uh, three people at a time so it's, it, as I said, it's pretty rich. Three tutors, we're calling them, because we can't think of a better word, and I'm Ron Seal, as I've said. Um, so three tutors to 15 participants. So there really is kind of like, you know, you can get to the almost like one-to-one support. And if somebody can't make a webinar, we can fit that in. You know, I'm seeing, we've got a webinar this afternoon. There's a person who can't make it. I'm seeing him tomorrow. Uh, and I know one of the other tutors is seeing one of the other participants later on in the week as well, because again, they they can't make it. 
Um, apologies if that's me. I'm doing impact training at University of Leeds this afternoon, which <laughs> would be rather <laughs> unfortunate. Um, so, so I, I really like um, this this idea of permission with support, and and I think there's something about the fact that this is a university program that means that people are less likely to feel that they need to ask permission uh, from their heads of school. Uh, but uh, but there is this kind of university stamp of approval of we want you to achieve impact. Uh, you can sign up to this and we want you to make time to deliver on this. And so there's an accountability thing, I think, going on with this as well. And yet you make as much time as you feel you have or want to. Uh, but uh, the, you're going to have to make some time for this because the university is investing in this and there is an expectation that you're going to mm. at least put some time to this. Um, so, so, so permission, accountability and support. And I think yeah, permission and accountability is one thing, but unless you've yeah. got that support, you've got the knowledge, the tools, the skills, but also the people there at your back helping you problem solve, then you're not going to get far. And the time you're doing this over with that three month period means that it's not just an intellectual exercise that you get to actually try some stuff out with your, with your stakeholders. And if things go wrong, you've got that support network of your peers and the impact team to help you pick up the pieces adapt try again yeah absolutely i mean that sense of team is a, is again another one of the big messages that comes out of the evaluation regularly the other um kind of message is that people people come in especially those new to impact come in come in going thank god you bust the myth that every, all impact has to be big yeah <laughs> and it's it's kind of like you know I, I i'm i'm just thinking of the of of some of the writing in uh, in the impact agenda you know catherine smith's uh mm-hmm. et al's book um where they talk about you know there's lots of engagement going on some of which might lead to change some of which might lead might be reach and significance some of which um we might be able to um we might be able to underpin with our research and therefore it fits with the ref um now what we're doing in the program is that we're saying to people we want the engagement and we want the change if the rest comes great but the university is valuing the engagement and valuing the change that emerges as a result of the engagement. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, so I think that there are layers to this, and and what, one of the things I really like about this is this this combination of people coming in with their own hopes. Uh, getting that support, that structure, um, and that itself then, the program is built into your, your broader impact strategy. Um, mm. and, and, and so I guess what I, what I want to get at here is this, this difference between intrinsic versus extrinsic, um, and the fact that you're valuing small impacts in inverted commas, uh, the, the, these are usually not small for the academic. These are the things that matter most to them, that are most inspirational, but it's one community, one person perhaps, uh, something that's very hard to measure, something that, uh, that that is cultural, that's not economic, for example, that you might think that your funders might not be interested in, but actually that for you is far more important than some return on investment. So validating the fact that, yeah, you can follow 
follow your own instincts on this, do the things that, that, that are impact for you, whether or not your funders or the university or some evaluator is going to value this. I think that's really important. And so people, uh, I guess, are, are drawn to this and, and, and this it helps people to make these intrinsic motivations explicit and to value them and to legitimize them so that that is what is driving their impact activity rather than the extrinsic incentives. But so, so I wonder, can you speak to that, but also tell me how this then fits with the the broader framework, the broader strategy. And uh, I assume that just because you've got this um, building impact momentum or BIM um, uh, program doesn't mean you've now scrapped um, impact from promotions and all of these other extrinsic um, incentives that are, are within the broader context that this sits within. Yeah, I think, you know that's absolutely true we we haven't scrapped uh you know the the impact that are in the promotions criteria what we do what we are doing and whether people are both on the applicant side and the panel side we have got a, a piece of work coming up where are those being appropriately interpreted by both the applicants and the panel, you know, both from that sense of, does it have to be big impact, you know, kind of that sort of thing. Is it, is it about um, us just valuing the engagement, so the effort and the commitment it takes to engage? Mm-hmm. So for instance, we, we're, we're running an impact awards this year. I've never been a fan of, of impact awards per se, because they tend to be, uh, almost another way of designing the ref because it you know you usually those schemes are about out measuring the outcomes we're we're trying to consciously hold measure the activity in in the uh, as the key criteria in the uh, in the in the award scheme so it's actually valuing the effort uh, and trying to trying to provide uh systems at, at institutional level and faculty and school systems that support that effort yeah so what i really like about this is that you're saying what well, we've got we've kept these extrinsic things in fact maybe even we're adding some new impact uh, extrinsic things in like an award but we're going to adapt these to align them with something that is more consistent with the kinds of values that are typically driving our academics. And so, um, yeah. yeah, we've got impact in promotion criteria and uh, and that is right. If we value this, we need to send that message. And yet that can be misinterpreted um, and enacted in ways that can be very instrumental. And uh, yeah, have you got a four-star impact case study? If not, you don't get promotion, that kind of thing. Um, let's, let's make sure that we are getting this actually implemented well and, and be aware of that uh, and yeah let's have a prize but uh, let's not now uh, encourage just uh, again let's let's take all the credit for all these incredible things um, and put our academics on a pedestal when in fact there is this huge ecosystem of, of other people and organizations that actually delivered this uh, often including marginalized vulnerable groups etc who are now continue to be marginalized while we take all the glory um, and a lot of academics i think like you feel quite uncomfortable about the way that these kind of impact uh, award ceremonies uh, often run 
Um, uh, so, so great. Let's let's integrate these, uh, but uh, but rather than just say we've got top down and bottom up, and let's try try and somehow mesh these. Let's actually think much more deeply about how we can revise our top down stuff um, at the institutional level to make this more consistent, so that they can genuinely integrate uh, rather than clash with each other as they meet uh, for, for, at the top down and the bottom up. Yeah, I mean, we in terms of developing the uh, the strategy and the implementation plan for the strategy we've really tried to challenge ourselves to to think in exactly the same way that we try to challenge our academic colleagues to think what's the impact goal from this you know what are you hoping for and therefore what's your what's your theory of change or logic model that that might uh, that might take us towards that goal mm-hmm. so we've we've actually applied that same thinking to okay what is our impact strategy trying to do um what is it trying to achieve what is our goal for it um and what is our, what is our logic to achieve that goal um now interestingly a lot in the again in the consultation for the strategy we noticed that really the only conversations about impact again tended to be ref dominated like you know in terms of oh god it's coming and oh god it's horrible or oh god i'm a case study author how did i get lumbered with this um you know so actually lots of negative conversations about it negatively aligned conversations so what we're looking to do is just to have more conversations about impact that might actually have that positive angle on it you know, look, I hoped for this and I achieved it at some scale. You know, it doesn't matter what the scale is, but it's but it's an achievement. I've engaged. I've moved my engagement from nil to some. You know, th- those are all conversations that have a, that have a positive angle on them rather than a negative angle on them. And that's what we're constantly trying to do. Yeah, yeah. So that's great, and 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 as a result, then we begin to actually start not just changing the conversation, but something beneath that. We start to change the culture, and so I wonder. For me, this is an example of the kind of thing that we can do to start changing impact culture from the grassroots and. Uh, if you look at the the, the framework that uh, that I've got in the book, um, we might think about this in terms of uh, the the capacity for impact, uh, the leadership for impact, the structures around this, um, and clearly the stuff there. But I wonder if there are examples that you can talk to us about uh, uh, how this program is changing, how people are actually doing their research um, or uh, building community, whether that's um, uh, that triad, um, the cohort uh, within leads or across uh, into their stakeholder communities um, or that sense of purpose that people discover uh, or kind of re-engage with um, as they go through this process that centers and grounds what they're doing in terms of impact yeah so the other thing to say about uh, BIM is that it's not just delivered across the whole institution so BIM is happening at, at different layers so a school might run a BIM um, and it might be trying to just pick the people it wants to, you know, who want that priority, that prioritization, if you will. Um, so it might be, here's a new area of impact we're exploring, a new from a new area of research that we're exploring. So we need to really support these people to get 
you know, to get that bottom up move a bit more established. Um, so as I said, it's happening at all sorts of layers. So the communities are kind of growing in lots of different spaces. So we've, we've had them, we've had them run at faculty level. We've had them run at school level. We've had them run across schools within the same faculty and we've got them running at university level where it's completely mixed, you know, um, we had, uh, I'm trying to think of the most diverse group. We had a group looking at trying to impact different elements of, of the police and the police service, the service that the police offer. Uh, and I think we had people from three different faculties. Leeds has seven in that triad. We had people from three different faculties um, wow. all wanting to, you know, make some change to how the, how the police um, you know, interact with society and and uh, and legitimately uh, police society. Um, so I think there's uh, there's all sorts of communities growing from it. We also every participant that finishes a BIM uh, gets invited to um, uh, it's a it's another kind of Ron seal uh, maintaining impact momentum. <laughs> <laughs> so that, that's a that's a series of sessions that we just put on and, and those are those are really free format so we might have a conversation you know we might have a, a, a you know success story or a not success story to learn from um being talked about by an by an ex-bin participant so we've got we've got those uh those going and that that community is growing you know we share we share literature in that so um in that channel Again, we do it through a through a Teams channel, so we share new literature on impact and and kind of debate that as as well in terms of it, does that help you in in some way, you know? So it's actually uh, it's actually trying to do that translation for people from the literature to to really on the ground action. Yeah, um, that's great. In, yeah, carry on. And just just kind of finally. Uh, you were, we were going to talk about school portfolios of impact. So I just wanted to kind of maybe bring that in at, at this moment in time and just say um, one of the things we're rolling out this summer, um, which unfortunately is a bit of a kind of uh, a responsibility for kind of, you know, the poor old academic who has the impact lead in that particular school is, hey, let's do it a slightly different way rather than kind of you going across the top and, and sort of say, what's my long list of ref case studies let's do it from the bottom what what are the things my colleagues want to change about the world around them and and let's have that conversation mm -hmm. and let's grow that conversation and see if we come up with a set of shared outcomes that we as a school we as a as a community of scholars a community of researchers can all buy into to some extent because yeah. it comes from what we want to do rather than rather than you know it feels like if you do the what's my ref case study it's almost like an imposition from from above even yeah. though it, it probably isn't but it feel it can feel like that um so yeah. so we're doing that and then that should enable the school to think okay so which of these shared outcomes do we think needs some priority support because we can't you know all we will in the world you know we don't have infinite cash and we don't have infinite um, uh, you know, professional staff resource. So where, where are we going to focus our efforts? Um, and that's a negotiation again with the, the community of scholars rather than it just being an imposition. Yeah. 
Yeah. So getting very practical here, and I'm busy thinking, hmm, I, I wonder what groups are there within my own university that are working across completely different faculties, but on very similar things. They want to see the same kind of change, uh, or they want to yeah. help a particular kind of group, and it's all the same group, but they have no idea that there are other people in the same university uh, all working on that same on that same thing. Um, yeah. and uh, or, or just people who are working with the same organization uh, and just strategically yeah. getting them together so that we're not uh, contributing towards stakeholder fatigue uh, and creating yeah. uh, what might appear to be a very fractured and disconnected uh, image of the of the university to that particular organization because we don't know what everyone else is doing um mm. And and so, so whether it's at a school level, whether it's at a research group level, uh, or at the university level, uh, this this kind of bottom up uh, organisation of this, but based primarily on who, uh, what is the change you want to see, and who are the people that you want to benefit from this, and can we then start bringing uh, coalitions of the willing together, people who want to really see that change, um, who will therefore want to support each other, uh, and then based on that can we strategically prioritize the limited resource we've got and trust the communities we create to support each other where we don't have the, the resource to invest yet um, uh, institutionally. So as we come to the end, I wonder, are there any other take-home messages or practical bits of advice that you can give that uh, the people listening might be able to apply at whatever scale they might be working? I think the... Probably the take-home message for me is that the content of BIM is not complex. Um, BIM, building impact momentum, it always gets acronized at, uh, at Leeds, unfortunately. So it, it's not complex content. What's complex is adapting to all those individual um, challenges that might come along, you know, the, building the flexibility into it uh, and being, you know, yeah, it's 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 dead easy when to feel annoyed when somebody says, I can't come this afternoon. You know, there could be all sorts of really valid reasons for that. So, you know, let's shelve that frustration and go, right, when can I support you? When is that time that you can't make this afternoon? When can we when can we build in that time um going forward? So I think the the content is not complex. It's the it's the going hand in hand with 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 our academic colleagues and being, you know, being their mate, um, uh, and and actually being together in that effort that is that is the complexity about it. Yeah, so absolutely. That, I think that's where I'd leave. And that is there for the long term. And, uh, and well, I guess you and I, our relationship is testament to that. Um, uh, it is about being there for each other, uh, supporting each other, uh, whether that supports uh, colleagues, uh, whether that's peer-to-peer. Uh, it is remarkable what we can do when we bring communities together in this way. And I think what is great about this is, is the structure around this uh, and how it foregrounds that support in terms of re the relationships, uh, which ultimately will inspire and enable our colleagues, uh, giving them permission and support to go and achieve the change they want to see.
Judd, it has been a real pleasure. I've loved hearing more about this. I can't wait to hear more and hear what other people think about this and get some discussion going with the broader community on the 25th. Uh, again, if you want to join that uh, in the show notes, you can uh, book via event- Eventbrite. I uh, would love to see you there. Uh, loads of people booked already, uh, so it's going to be fun. And uh, Jed, thank you again. No problem, Mark. Really enjoyed it. It's always good to have a natter with you. It is indeed. (laughs) 